0: of Ramsey Solutions broadcasting from the pods moving and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us America. I'm Dave Ramsey. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality number 1 best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, host of the Ken Coleman Show where he talks about jobs and careers and your life about that. He's with me today as a co-host, so we'll particularly dive into those subjects if you want to. The phone number, 888 You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Joseph is in Indianapolis. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, I had a pretty a, a simple question. Um,
1: you know, I, I always hear, you know, two sides of the coin. I hear sometimes people say, you should make the most money that you can and, um, you know, get a job that just pays the most. And I've heard other people say that it's not about what you make. It's about how you live your life, your lifestyle, and what you can save. And I guess my question is, is is it still possible to live a wealthy or successful life if say you're only bringing in maybe $35,000 annually?
2: Well, it depends on how you define wealth, you know? Um, I will tell you that you can absolutely be successful. I'll Maybe. ask you a question. Do you believe Mother Teresa was successful? Yes. Why was Mother Teresa successful in your mind?
1: She did a lot of good, you know, and and uh, always tried to do her best.
2: Yeah, see, the, the, the reason I ask it that way is because she that was her role. It doesn't mean it's your role. It doesn't mean we all have to go to Calcutta. But Mother Teresa chose to serve, to live in that way. That was her specific design, her role, her time in history. So let's answer the success question that way. Success to me is not just about work results. Success is uh, what am I relationally? I have a relational purpose as a husband and a father, a son, a brother, a friend, a coworker, an employee. I've got some relationship purpose in my life, but I also have professional purpose. So that's the success thing. Now, building wealth, uh, again, uh, wealth to me is not just financial wealth, but you can – we've got teachers that are the average salary – not average, the median right now is about $61,000 in the United States, and we have a lot of millionaires who have been teachers, and they've lived on less – uh, they've chosen to define success differently, and as a result, they've put money away, and they've saved. They've lived like no one else, and so now they live and give like no one else. So uh, 35000 does limit the speed and rate by which you can stack and save money, and I think you can make more. But but theoretically, yes, you can be successful and build wealth.
0: Earl Nightingale okay. said the definition of success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or mm-hmm. ideal. hmm now, so yep. here's the problem with your question, the framing of your question. Uh, you you say two sides of a coin. It's not two sides of a coin. Uh, there are two possible outcomes. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, either I don't make a lot of money and I do something that I'm fulfilled in and I'm successful, but I'm ha- but I struggle financially, or I make a lot of money doing something I hate and I don't struggle financially. Those aren't the two po- only two possible outcomes. There's a third one. How about I do something I love that really benefits mankind, and I make a huge pile of money. Why do you have mm-hmm. to make less to be satisfied? Why do you have to make less for it to have meaning? You don't. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a fatalistic approach to this whole concept. And so, um, so here's the point. If you make $35,000 a year, and that's all you ever make, and you never get a raise – well, you suck. You should get a raise. You should have some progressive realization. You should, prog- you should have progress. You should get better at what you're doing and make more money, at least in your chosen field. So the idea that I have to, you know, somehow live at the bottom rungs of the socioeconomic ladder in order to be a worthy person or in order to be doing good works is simply not true. It's simply not true. So uh, I choose none of the above. I choose do something very worthy and make a lot of money. I choose that okay. one. That's the one I want to choose. Mm-hmm. But but is that the only definition of success? No. I mean, we've pre-established in the conversation, Mother Teresa successful, says a progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. Oh, by the way, she was the biggest and, and largest scale of her type. That's right. I mean, the number of hungry people, the number of people that were ministered to was massive. That's right.
2: But not commensurate to the amount of money she made. Well, she didn't make any
0: money. That's right. She took a vow of poverty. That's exactly right. She didn't make any money. And she came from a wealthy family. That's exactly right. And abandoned the inheritance in order to become a nun. So, so, so yes, she's successful and uh, absolutely never going to diss someone that chooses to do that. Mm -hmm. But there's this narrative that is running around in America today that Ken and I are both fighting against all the time on the career side that says um well I, if i work for a nonprofit and make half of what i'm worth that somehow i'm holier no it was just a dumb choice you're not holier
2: or well you don't really mean that as a dumb choice you don't mean that if you choose to work for a nonprofit because you care deeply about that work and you could take the same skill set and and make double in the corporate world but you choose to do it in that space because you love it and you apply that to
0: your life and you change your lifestyle that's not dumb but that's also not well, saying that it's that what is dumb is the idea that the only way that you can do something that is of a higher calling and that has meaning is to make no money i agree with that, that is just not true i uh, 100 okay? percent agree I'm, I'm living proof that that's right. not true that's right i've helped millions right. and millions of people and i made a lot of money right making a lot of money was not right. the main goal helping millions That's of people and, and but that you know i'm just i'm but we're also citing we have done ramsey solutions at dave's urging the largest study
2: ever of net worth millionaires the fourth largest group are school teachers so third. they're
0: not dumb third largest yeah. third yeah. i apologize third the, but the, the point no, here no, is I, I, my, po- my you my, didn't mean what that. i meant is the idea is dumb that you have to make less for it to have meaning
2: yeah it's incomplete it's it's you're right it's, it's a not false, accurate it's accurate right. it's a yeah. false
0: narrative yeah. and so that's what i want to push back against and if you make thirty five thousand, if you make the same exact amount of money unless your mother Teresa and you took a pile of poverty uh if you're if you're in a career field and you make exactly the same for 30 years that by definition means you are not progressing yeah there should be some you're bumps. not getting right. better that's and correct. that's not okay either yeah that's you need to be getting better you need to be Better in your service to humanity, better Mm -hmm. in the level of meaning that you're getting from the work, better in your excellence, better in the scale of what you're doing. If helping three stray dogs is a good thing, then helping 3,000 of them is a better thing. That's right. Okay? So, I mean, whatever it is you're doing, you know, you should be getting better at it. You should be progressively, the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. It's a really good definition. So, One so, of the best. So, cool question. Yep. Cool question and a good discussion. But uh, don't let people sell you this idea that, that the only thing that is is good, it is unproductive. And quite the contrary. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Hey, listen, guys, there's a lot of things going on. Inflation, high interest rates, student loans are kicking back in. We just passed a trillion dollars in credit card debt for the first time in history. Wow. A lot of people doing a really crummy job with their money. You know what you don't do? No one does a crummy job on purpose. Doing a crummy job is when you hit the default button and just coast. You know what on purpose is in money? It's learning to do a budget. The Every Dollar Budgeting app will do that. You can sit down and start using that. Jade Walshaw did a webinar today that was free on how to do a budget, including an irregular income. 10,000 people showed up for that webinar today. Thank you. Wow. So we'll do it again. Rachel Cruz is going to do one of these webinars, teaching you how to do a budget. And uh, Rachel's been teaching Every Dollar for many years. And, uh, the irregular income thing and unpredictable income and how to work the baby steps into your budget and all that, how to work with your spouse on a budget. Rachel's going to cover every bit of that Tuesday, August 15th. That'll be this coming Tuesday at twelve thirty PM. You can sign up for free for the webinar. And Rachel's goal of course is to draw more people than Jade. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how this works around Ramsey. I'm just saying. So check it out. Everydollar.com slash budgeting everydollar.com slash budgeting and you're actually allowed to come to more than one of these if you want guess what george will be doing one later so hey everydollar.com slash budgeting sign up for the free webinar this coming tuesday august 15th with rachel Cruz. elizabeth is in boston hi elizabeth how are you
3: i'm good how are you thanks for taking my call Dave. sure what's up Um, Yeah, so I am wondering, I found you last week, um, and I am on baby step two. And I am wondering if I should be buying life insurance beforehand, or if I should be waiting to after baby step two, I do have a $25,000 company funded life insurance policy. I don't know if that's good enough or if I should be buying one. um, That's, you know, more for the future.
0: If you have a life insurance need, it is not a baby step. It's a necessity in your budget. Yep. So you just put it in there okay. as soon as possible. Okay. Now, do you have children?
3: No, I am single and no children.
0: Okay. Do you have, how much debt do you have?
3: I have 44700 in debt.
0: Okay. You don't have a lot of need for life insurance. Yep. Because no one is dependent upon your income twenty five thousand would take care of your final expenses like for instance your parents would have a horrible tragedy on their hands and have to cover the burial and that kind of stuff 25k would take care of that it would clean up a few of these debts they'd sell off your stuff Uh, i think you're fine right now i wouldn't i don't think you need to be a bunch of life insurance even if you had hundred thousand dollars in the bank and no debt I, i particularly then i wouldn't uh, go yeah. buy life insurance but I you know the big thing life insurance is for is if you're leaving someone behind that is dependent financially on your income
3: okay yeah so you would wait until you
0: I, I, I wouldn't buy it at all I wouldn't buy it at all in okay. your situation
3: okay that makes sense
0: no matter what I mean uh, now again you get married and you have two little kids. Yeah. If they're your husband then is dependent upon your income to take care of these, feed these little kids. Yeah, absolutely. Then we start talking about life insurance and we go to Zanderinsurance.com and we, uh, we always talk about a good rule of thumb in a family situation like that is to have 10 to 12 times your income on you, 10 to 12 times your spouse's income on them, 15 to 20 year level term insurance, never buy anything with term insurance is the way to go. And that covers you until you don't, uh, uh, until you have so much money and no debt that you don't have a need for insurance called self-insured.
2: Stacy and I had been married just a couple of years when she went to work for Dave. And I remember sitting through Financial Peace University as a spouse. And I remember this lesson when you covered it. And I had not gotten life insurance at that point. And I want people to hear, this isn't just life insurance. This is peace of mind. I slept better that night knowing that if anything happened to me, Stacy was going to be fine. And it's just that. I want people to hear that. It really is peace of mind to know that uh, you're not leaving anything but grief uh, behind. And that's yeah, don't, a big don't, step.
0: Don't buy too much because yes. then you can't sleep at night because you have to stay awake <laughs> to make sure that she you – know, That was a crucial
2: in. point in the teaching as well. <laughs> I did it to the book. I did it to the 10 times.
0: 10, times, 10 yeah. to 12 times, 10 somewhere 12 in there. But yeah, you don't need 20 times. <laughs> right. We're not trying to leave people multi We don't want to leave them better off dead. with you being gone. It's That's just a dangerous a drag, trend, right? right. You know, so, there we go. Open phones at 888-825-5225. James is in Phoenix. Hi, James. How are you?
4: Hey, Dave, Ken. How are you guys doing today?
0: Better Good. than we deserve. What's up?
4: Well, I'm, my question to you, Dave, is: I have two cars that I owe a lot of money on, and I'm upside down, and I need to get rid of them so I can start paying off debt. I am drowning in debt.
0: Mm, it's hard. Okay. Car number one is you owe what on?
4: Car number one is uh, thirty thousand, or excuse me, thirty-one thousand, a little over thirty-one thousand.
0: Okay, and what's it worth?
4: Uh, probably about eighteen to twenty.
0: Where'd you get that number?
4: Uh, I actually got it on, uh, the, the blue, the, com Kelly blue
0: book. Kelly .com? blue book. Ke- com, Ke- yes. Okay. And is that a trade in value?
4: Uh, honestly, I didn't know. I just got, that's the number that they gave me. I didn't really look into it. Hey, you need scenario. to look into
0: it because the difference in trade in and private sales, five grand in this situation Okay, it makes a lot of difference. Okay. So let, cause what, what is that car? Uh, it's a
4: Volkswagen T1. It's a, what year? Uh, 2019.
0: Okay. Did you trade a negative equity car into that deal?
4: Uh, we traded a, a car that was paid off that just had repeat. It was actually an older
0: T1, and it but, was- No, I mean, it you, didn't, you didn't trade a hole into this this hole, so that $18,000 is wrong then. Okay, good. Good. Okay. So you you didn't have like a $5,000 hole you were in on the other car. It was paid off, so it was a positive in the trade. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, from 2019, that jet, that Volkswagen did not go down that far. Okay. So, it, it's probably a twenty five thousand dollar car, twenty four thousand dollar car, something like that. So, you need seven grand to get out of that. Who do you owe that money to? Who's the bank? Uh,
4: Credit Union, First Credit Union.
0: Okay. What about the next car? Next
4: car is a Jeep Renegade, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I owe thirty, a little over thirty thousand on it.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's it supposedly worth?
4: I haven't not checked it yet.
0: Okay. All right. So 2019 was a bad year for you on cars. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, who's that loan with?
4: Same, same company first.
0: Good. Good. And this is a credit union in your town? Yes, sir. Good.
4: Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Good. Okay. So let, let's pretend you're 7,000 bucks or 7,500 upside down on each of them. That's $15,000 in a hole you're in, correct? Yes, sir. And you have sixty thousand dollars worth of debt, and fifteen thousand of it's not secured because there's not enough car value to cover it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you need to go in person to the credit union, sit down with a credit union manager, and show them what you've got. And here's what you say to him or her: mm-hmm. You have a forty-five. You have forty-five thousand dollars worth of collateral. So effectively you have a fifteen thousand dollar unsecured loan, Mr. Credit Union Manager. Mm-hmm. You following me here? Yes, sir. Because you owe sixty, the assets aren't worth but about forty five, give or take. Okay. So what I would like to propose to you is that we sell both of these cars and reduce the loan here by as much as the cars bring. hundred percent of what the cars bring is going to come into you and I'm going to sign a note for the difference. So when we're finished, you'll still have an unsecured note, but you'll have someone who's much better able to pay it because it's a much smaller loan. Mm-hmm. You understand the logic that you're pitching to this credit union manager?
4: I'm writing it down now, yeah. yeah
0: they already have a unsecured note. We're just admitting it. That's okay. all we're trying to get them to do. And it reduces sure. your debt from 60 down to 15 give or take. In this scenario. And then you're going to have to get you a couple thousand dollar garage sale cars to drive for a little while, which is going to be a big old emotional punch in the nose from a $30,000 car to a $1,000 car. You're going to feel like a poor person. Well, you are. So we're trying to not be poor anymore. That's the idea. So we're trying to reset that. This is The Ramsey Show. It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans, and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 36 Billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use, and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800 356 4282. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Tristan is with us in Albany, New York. Hi, Tristan. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
1: Hello. So excited to speak with
0: you. You too. What's up?
1: So I was calling because I want to know uh, or maybe get any advice on how to use the money that I have saved to make me more money rather than just letting it sit in a savings account and
0: do nothing. Good question. How much money have you saved, Tristan?
1: So, I I have money kind of um I I've, I've been trying in the last couple months to to put it in different places. So, um if I just looked at all of the money that I have that is free to be put wherever I please, um it's
0: $68,000. Good for you. Okay. And what do you make? <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't make much, actually. I'm I'm still in graduate school, so. Um,
0: what are you studying? I uh,
1: I, I study mathematics. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, that's another question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm kind of at a crossroads with my career and and what I want to do with. What uh, is the grad school program?
0: It's mathematics. You're going to get a PhD in math, it's, or math. Yes,
1: sir. Yeah, a, P, a so, PhD in math, but. Uh, I am debating on whether I'm I'm going to continue that or just finish with a masters or not. Um so that's kind of where I'm at at a crossroads. Okay. But um I have I've been saving a lot of money
2: mm-hmm. and uh Where's it, the money coming from? You
1: know. So I as a part of a graduate student, I I get uh, like a salary basically. It's 23,000 for this year, but I do summer work uh for the Air Force um which was $17,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before, as an undergrad, I I have worked the whole time. So I have been working and saving, and that's where the money has been coming from. All right, so, so
2: quick question before we dive into the money piece, and, and I can talk to you about the work piece after that. But when you say, I'm considering not finishing, what's that timeline look like? How much do you have left where you're deciding between the doctorate versus the master's? How far along are
1: you? Yes. So if I finish my master's, it'll be one more year, and then I can start my career. Uh, if it's my doctorate, it, it's not really a set time. It could take uh, three to five more years.
0: Okay. In this case, is the difference in the doctorate and the master's not just a dissertation? Uh,
1: it's it's basically a dissertation.
0: Why would that take three to five years? Write your dissertation. <laughs>
1: it's uh it, it, it because even after you're done with coursework you you have to learn a lot more material outside of what is taught in classes
0: and that can you have to a learn enough to get a dissertation done yes sir yeah the, the difference is do i want to be a professional student or do i want to get my phd exactly so get right. your phd get, go do the dissertation it does not take 3 to 5 years it takes 12 months get it done but what happens is people drag their butt around that's why i was asking about that and don't i you know, you're you're that close. Depending on what you want to do with your life, if you want to teach right. in, the, yeah. in the in the in uh, the at the university level, you're going to need the PhD.
1: Right, right. But I don't think that, you're sure of if her. you're going
0: to be a financial analyst on Wall Street. Nobody gives a crap between the two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's where I I think I've had this dream of getting a doctorate because. It's an accomplishment, and it's something yes. that I can say that I did and worked hard for. Well, Doctor Tristan, I
0: mean, come on, buddy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but but you need to have a reason. So, to, you need to have a reason to do it because you're running out of steam. I can hear it. So um, yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and the only reason to do it is if Ken Coleman says, okay, in this career field, That's right. You're going to need a PhD. Yeah. But in that career field, you're right. not. Then don't. Then I wouldn't screw with it. I really wouldn't. And my guess is, Tristan, tell me if I'm right.
2: wrong. My guess is the fields that require the PhD aren't they aren't the dinner bell for you you're not excited about them is that true or false
1: uh, that's that's true that's that's true I, I think I realized how much work it is and the uh, trade-off for mm. the amount of pay
0: exactly. uh, and, there you I, go.
1: and and I just said what am I doing kind of <laughs>
0: so that, that's what you always measure with academics other than the, the benefit of just having you know completed something the accomplishment of it, the DR in front of your name, all that stuff. But the the, the, the real benefit of academics, the primary benefit is what? How's it change your income situation, okay. so whatever the academic thing is. So, yeah. yeah, it's from Paycheck to Purpose is Ken's book. We will send you a copy, so yeah. when we finish talking, we'll put you on hold, and uh, Austin, the gang in the booth, will pick that up and get, get that for you. Now, at, for savings, there's three things philosophically you can do with savings. Number one, you can have a pile of money set aside to cover for emergencies, and you should. A good rule of thumb is three to six months of expenses as an emergency fund. Number two, the thing we use savings for is to buy things. We save up and buy a house. We save up and buy a couch. We save up and buy a car, and so on. And these are all real things that are coming at you. So you need some savings to move towards those things. The third reason we save is not really saving. It's called investing. Which is really what you're calling right. about is how do I make this money work a little harder for me? How do I make it make some money? So some portion of the sixty-eight thousand needs to be invested, and that's where you would start looking at retirement. Are you out of debt?
1: So yes. That's that's one of the things that I have not I have not worried too much about staying in school because I have worked and I have gone scholarships and I have gone to colleges where I have graduated debt free. I've never taken out a loan. And, good. Uh, then you can, I've you know, you can a start
0: lot. with a, some, some Roth IRAs and some good growth stock mutual funds. Let that money grow completely tax-free for your retirement year. Some portion of that needs to be there. And those mutual funds, uh, you know, if they average what the stock market has averaged over the last eighty years, will be ten to twelve percent rate of return. You're probably getting spit, or maybe you're getting four percent on some kind of high yield item or whatever. But you're still losing your butt. So a portion of it needs to be invested in that type of thing. A portion of it needs to be set aside for making the transition into your new career, you know, getting an apartment at the new city, uh, deposits, the move, those kinds of things. A portion of it is used for emergencies only, and you need to set that aside. And so I would divvy the 68 up among those three categories or buckets and uh, sit down with a Smart Investor Pro. You can find somebody that we recommend to help you. That's, we call them Smart Vester Pros at, at RamseySolutions.com. They'll help you get that Roth IRA up and moving. But more important than the question you called about by far is the question Ken is posing to you, and that is, what are you going to do with your life, man? Yeah. yeah. And you've got to decide
2: here. There's a couple things to look at. Look at what do I do very well? You've chosen mathematics. You've been a good student. There's something that intrigued you about numbers. I'd start digging into what comes naturally to me, what I enjoy doing. Then you begin to look at what does work do? At the end of the day, work does two things. It solves a problem or it meets a desire. And so when you begin to go, all right, Dave, what what problems do I want to solve with this talent of numbers? And I'm just making this up with him. But we begin to see the clues like that and we say, all right, I get fired up about solving this problem or meeting this desire. Let me tell you what we can tell from what he told us. He's not thrilled about teaching numbers. He's not. That's just not something he's really fired up about. That PhD leads him a couple of pathways. Forward. I did
0: not hear him spending his life in academia. I did not either. I didn't hear that in his voice, but right. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Right, I agree. So I was a math nerd, but um, you know, highly money motivated math nerd mm-hmm. and so immediately that meant i didn't get a degree in math right i got a degree in finance instead exactly um, and because i was money motivated I'm, I'm looking how i can make some money um but I'm you le- love instructing you love teaching yeah, oh i do i do and i love and i love math I'm, I, yeah it's a it's a gifting yeah. area same so as look him. at so, dave
2: this is a combo so dave's gifted at communication but he's also gifted with finance and numbers it's just unbelievable. But what he loves to do is teach, guide, coach. That's who he is. You ought to see this guy try to teach people to water ski. He's he's as passionate about that as he is teaching you how to win with your money. That's the combo. What is he good at? What does he love to do? When those two come together, there's a whole lot of world at work where you can go out there and make a contribution and make plenty of money doing it.
0: Hey, he probably needs to take that assessment. Now he
2: does. Hang on. We'll get you the Get Clear we'll get assessment. The which Get measures Clear assessment. Yeah.
0: And yeah, that'll help, too. We'll get you that and his book, both. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Thank you for being with us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Lucas is in Midland, Michigan. Hi, Lucas. How are you?
5: Good, Dave. Good, uh, Good, Ken. How are you guys doing today?
0: Good. Better than we deserve. What's
5: up? Perfect. Well, first off, thank you for uh, taking my call. It is uh, much appreciated.
2: Sure. Sure. Uh,
5: Before I get to my question, I'll just give you guys a couple or a little bit of a backstory with numbers. Um, We are currently a family of three uh, with one on the way coming April of 2024. I am 29 and my wife is 31. Currently, we're making uh, take-home pay $13,500 per month, which does not include my wife's uh, quarterly RSU stock options that comes out to about $20,000 a year or $5,000 a quarter greater than 60% of my, of our income comes from my wife and I just dropped down part-time as an ICU nurse um, because I'm going to nurse practitioner school coming up end of August. Um, The VA is paying a hundred percent for it. um, So I won't take on any more debt Um, and they'll actually pay me a stipend of about $950 per month. We're newly debt-free, just entered Baby Step 3 um, August 1st after paying about $121,000 off worth of debt. Um, we will have our fully funded emergency fund, our six months, by December 1st, and then we'll be transitioning, obviously, into Baby Step 4, 5, and 6. My wife's the bread maker, and over the last year and a half, two years, there's been a couple of rounds of layoffs. Um, and with my wife being the bread maker, me going back to school, um, and then working part-time, it just has me a little bit nervous as we work our way towards paying off our mortgage early. Um, during school for so the first year and a half, um, our cash margin will be $7,000, um, and that is after retirement and funding two 529s for um, our kids. Um, once I graduate school, though, I'll ha- our margin will be about $8,300 cash. We currently have a home mortgage at
0: $460,000. Okay, at 3%. L- Lucas, what's your question?
5: So, my question is Would it be okay for us to go ahead and bump our emergency fund to 9 to 12 months? And then, um, once we. Why? My biggest concern is my wife losing her job. How many times has she lost her job? Never.
0: Okay. You're a worry ward.
5: I am very much a planner. um,
0: No, you're a worry ward.
5: (laughs) Probably so. Probably probably so to a fault. You know, with us being newly out of debt, um, you know, I I think that has a lot to play in it. Hey, listen, if you
0: give me a probability that she's got a 50% or better chance of losing her job, we'll talk about getting ready for that storm. But right now, this is just... You just, you're just a planner. That's all this is, and you're, you're great. You're very intentional. You know your numbers. You're amazing. You guys have done a great job. I'm picking at you. I was having some fun with you, but congratulations. I'm proud of you. You've done a wonderful job. If you want to save that, you can do whatever you want to do. You're a grown-up. I wouldn't if I were in your shoes. I don't think it represents uh, anything except you are just overly conservative and you're you just worry, you just fret about things, and the 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 change with the new baby coming is going to be four kids in the house. The change with you stepping back in income while you're stepping up into this new role. By the way, I think your your field of study's brilliant. I would go that way. I love it. It's got a great upside. Mm-hmm. You're gonna make you're gonna make really good money. You can help a lot of people. Uh, you can add value to a lot of people's lives. So you, everything in this situation is positive and it's just there's a lot of stuff coming at you and the only way you knew to kind of buffer that emotionally was pile up some extra cash if you want to you're not it's not going to cause you to to never be wealthy it's not dumb it, it's just I, I i'm just calling you out on it's not necessary
2: lucas what i would no, have no. you do lucas i want you to take that planner in you and dave's right you got a lot of worry a lot of fear in this but let's take the planning And let's say, all right, what would happen, what would we do, what would my wife do if she got laid off? Now, that I like. It's like the idea of going on the plane, and they always tell you, if we were to have a landing, uh, a water landing, this is what we would do. And I think it's always smart for you guys to just walk through, not from a place of worry, but from a place of preparation. (laughs) Well, the idea is, if she were to get laid I'm, off... I'm just thinking about the jokes. Would, I know, I know. But what would she do? What would you two do?
0: I mean, she would go get another job.
2: Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't even have to touch the emergency fund. Knowing how disciplined the two of you are, you guys have proven it. So think about that. And don't be worried. Be prepared. There's a difference.
0: Well, he's trying to get prepared. That's what he's thinking. But oh, yeah, I get but, it. But, yeah,
2: yeah. but I'd like that energy going towards, all right, would it be the end of the world? What would she do? The she thing, has the lots thing of thing options. Is, if, you,
0: if you'll go, to, Ken, to Ken's point, if you project out what reality looks like, not what the uh, atom bomb dropping on your house looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reality looks like she probably is off a month or two, gets another job, um, and gets a big severance package, and so you end up coming out ahead. Yep. That's pro- that's your high probability if something went down like this. Yep. But, um, but, yeah, if, if you guys want to do this, it's not the end of the world. Is it financially... Is it good financial planning? Is it necessary? Are you being, no, you're just overplaying your hand. That's all you're doing. So uh, you can do it. You're grown up. You're smart people. You make a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with what you're talking about, but you asked, so we'll always tell you the truth because we love you. All right. Kaylee is with us in Grand Rapids. Hi, Kaylee. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
6: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. What's up?
6: Um, I am calling because, uh, my husband and I, we are in baby steps, uh, four, five, and six right now. Good. Um, we are looking to, in the future, um, move from our current house to another one. Good. Um, and wanted some advice on, on that. Um, we don't need to move right now, but we would like to move to a lake. We know you like lakes. Yeah. So you might to appreciate this. I do. Um, we um, came across a house that we would potentially pay around seven hundred thousand. Oh, for, so this went and, from um,
0: future theory to we're doing it now.
6: <laughs> well, sort of. Um, we're not sure, and that's why we're that's why I'm calling. Um, so I can give you kind of our stats.
0: What would your um, house bring?
6: The house we live in right now. Yes, ma'am. We think we could sell it for um, at least four hundred. And what do you owe on it? One sixty.
0: Okay, so you got one hundred and forty, hundred hundred thousand dollars worth of equity, give or take. Okay, and the other house you're talking yeah. about purchasing on the lake is how much?
6: Uh, seven hundred. Woo.
0: Okay, and what do you guys make yeah. a year?
6: Uh, around two seventy.
0: Good. Good. Okay. Well, you you probably know our rule of thumb. If you don't, it is that if you buy a home with a fifteen year fixed-rate mortgage, and the payment is no more than a fourth of your take-home pay, and your take-home pay being after taxes, not after everything that they deduct at work, okay, but after taxes, if your take-home pay and your house payment on a 15-year fix is no more than a fourth, then you're okay, and you reach over and do that. I think you're okay.
6: See, when we do the math, it doesn't seem... When we do the math, to us a thirty year is—I mean, I know I know what you. Recommend. I wouldn't buy a
0: thirty year. And if you got to do a thirty year, don't don't move.
6: Well, and that's I think right now we're like, well, with.
0: What the payment with come rates, out? Like, uh, six hundred fifty thousand dollar payment or fifty six hundred fifty thousand dollar debt. What's the payment come out?
6: So our math—it looks like it'll be around for a thirty. It'd be around thirty. Honey, we're not doing a
0: thirty. What was the 15? No,
6: for fifteen? No, $4,700.
0: Yeah, and your take home pays what? Twenty?
6: It's twelve after. No, um, not on two seventy.
0: It's not twelve. You don't bring home one forty four out of two seventy.
6: So you're talking about after four hundred
0: one ks and other stuff.
6: Yeah, I'm not talking about
0: that. I'm talking about. Okay. I said after taxes only.
6: Okay. Okay, and we didn't do that math. Yeah. So I think that's where we went wrong because, from our standpoint, I've done the math.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so one fourth of your take home pay after taxes, not after 401k and health insurance. Those are two different things. Okay. And not after I pay some bill at the credit union or I pay child support or whatever out of my check. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. Sure. We're just talking about after taxes. That's the position you want to be in. And you do a 15 year, Kaylee, or don't buy this house. You're making a mistake. Don't be playing footsie with 30-year mortgages, you'll end up with one. Don't do it. Don't do it. Is I unclear?
2: I think you got it.
0: This is the Ramsey Show.